It's Monday. It's morning. It's macabre. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, there goes all of the edginess to our intro. Welcome to Monday Morning Macabre. I went high, you went low. And Darcy. <laughs> I'm Darcy, the chairman of the Sling and Dingers board. I've been promoted. And I'm a chief of operational assets. Chief of Operational Assets, which I think is a I just made some title you just made up, but I think it sounds really good, yeah, and we're going to keep it's it. It's just one of those white-collar titles that don't really mean yep. anything. Welcome to Monday Morning Macabre, the show where we talk about spooky, creepy, dark stuff. If it's your first time listening, welcome. You know, it's a show where one of us will bring a scary story to the other one, and then we just go rippity-d right into yep, it. Yep, and I was actually out in the uh, the scary story orchard and just picked this one from the tree, so I'm bringing it this week. It was ripe, and he said, I it's gotta fresh. bring it to old Darcy it's Pants. It's a jet black apple with a skull on it, and I'm like, this is it. <laughs> this is this You're week's like, yep, story. That's the one. It was very easy to spot <laughs> in the orchard. There are thousands of normal Macintosh and Granny Smiths. And then you find that uh, one perfect little <laughs> bitty to bring in. Yeah. Do you want to... Bring up the yes. So we decided after a little bit of talking, we actually wanted to. If I guess we'd have to have enough people that submit stuff, but if people submit stuff, we're at the top of the show. Just we'll record ourselves, ball it up, and throw it in the trash and send it right back. Yeah, and say try again. <laughs> no, we're gonna highlight um, different. If listeners have any kind of creative endeavors that they want to plug, we'll do it for free right at the top of the show. If not, we'll just. Keep going. I'm not going to like make up shit. Or we could make up shit. We could always just make. Just be like, oh, Johnny Jones <laughs> make set fake us accounts. in his poop sculptures. And it looks oh, exactly dude. like JJ's me. poop sculptures? Dude, JJPS on Twitter at him. <laughs> he made poop sculptures, sent them in. They look exactly like me and Darcy. Yeah, they're really impressive. Scones <laughs> was the first one that came in. It looked really good. But my favorite was number two. <laughs> Got him. Got him. So um, I'm sure they're going to love being <laughs> preceded so by So yeah, I'm sure sculptures. you guys are now, you're so enticed to, to do this. Uh, but we think it would be pretty cool to to share some community stuff. So if you guys got any kind of creative projects you're working on, let us know. Yeah. And we'll... Uh, and our first one, our actual real one, besides the poop sculptures, is um our buddies over at Rat Knife. For those of you who don't mm. know Rat Knife, check them out on Instagram. I, If I was yeah. better at preparing this, I would have their Instagram. <laughs> I, if you search Rat, <laughs> Knife, rat I knife, there's a lot of Rat Knives. Yeah, there can't be that many Rat Knives. They're an awesome Mouse enamel pin company. They make horror movie pins. A lot of the time, they're like cult classics. You know, like they do like Monster Squad, Trick or Treat, Fright Night. Trick or Treat's my favorite one. Trick or Treat is also my favorite one. But they also just started a podcast. They also do clothing as well. But they just started a podcast where they discuss some of their favorite horror movies. So check them out. Uh, it's just the Rat Knife Podcast. And yeah, there's a plug yep. if you want to plug similar to that one, but maybe less poop sculpture, just write in <laughs> and we'll give you a free one right at the top of the show. And that's the intro fluff for the podcast. I hope you guys appreciate the lack of fluff. I really try to make sure there's not too much of us just talking like nonsense. It's really hard. <laughs> it's <laughs> There's a lot of nonsense. A lot of nonsense lot going of on. Nonsense. Right. But we'll get to the meat Dude. of the burger. And now that you're done chewing yeah. on the top of the bun because you eat burgers step by step, you weirdos. I, We're getting to the burger part. Yeah, I love this. The, the constant metaphorical way we, we, we phrase things on the show is what really keeps people coming back every week. <laughs> We're artists. And sc- <laughs> yeah, let's, let us tell you about COVID-19, okay? This week's scones is going to be presenting me, Darce, 
old Darce pants with a uh, with a spooky, scary story that he picked fresh from the orchard. And the apple from this orchard, Ahoy Darcy, is a nautical one because we're going to be talking about <laughs> the mystery of the Carol A. Deering. The Carol A. Deering. It's a ship, not a woman. Okay, I was going to say it sounds like a woman who's like at an old women's poker night thing. Well, you know how like sailors like to somehow like really feminize yeah, 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 like yeah. boats and like right. talk about how beautiful and like cool they are. Yeah, they're like, oh, the hold yeah. on that one, her. Play yep. us in. <laughs> okay, band, go. <laughs> So the car- what was it? Carol A. Deering. Yeah, Deering. D E R I N G. Okay, and this is a boat. It was a boat. Not a human. It was a boat. Uh, it first launched in April of 1919 out of Bath, Maine, but had Ooh. a mysterious fate. New England. Stephen King had a. Stephen King was actually born on this boat. That would be <laughs> sick. That would be wild. <laughs> Also, the way you said it, I didn't know what to believe for like three <laughs> seconds. I was like, holy shit. So it's a, a commercial ship. So while it was built and sailed out of Maine, it went all over the Caribbean, the east coast of the United States, and South America. What was it? What, what year is this? Again? This is, uh, it was launched in 1919. was when the boat okay, first launched. Okay, so we're talking... It's got like a good 10 years before economic collapse. Yeah, and it's got like masts and stuff, right. but it also has like radios. It's kind of that that tricky spot yeah. in technological advancement. Right, 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 right. Where it right. looks like an old it's boat. It's got like but one it's, light bulb maybe, but also just a bunch of candles. Yeah, it looks like an old boat, but the, the inner guts and stuff of it have engines and shit. I hope that's how they describe me in 40 years. Listen, he looks you like know? an old boat, but his guts... He looks like an old boat. <laughs> But he's got some pretty cool engines. He's got some moxie, that guy. Yeah. That's how I'm going to be described <laughs> in my old folk home. <laughs> the Deering sailed from Puerto Rico, had arrived at Newport News. I don't know what Newport News is. It's an independent city in the United States of Virginia. Okay, good to know. To pick up a cargo of coal for delivery to Rio de Janeiro. You know about Rio de Janeiro, right? Mardi Gras. Yeah. Yeah. Marty Bird. So it had a cargo of coals and Mardi Gras beads that it was bringing down to Rio de Janeiro. The ship was captained by William H. Merritt. So that's the guy you're going to have to remember. William Merritt. There's too many William H's, dude. That's way too common of a middle initial. So William H. Macy was a war hero of World War I who had been cited for bravery. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. William H. Macy, you said? Yeah, you know, esteemed actor who was the captain of a ship in yeah, 1919. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Now now things are clicking. Under fire for saving his entire crew and previous command. So he's a war hero, basically. Merritt's son, Seawall, was his first mate, and he had a 10-man crew made of... Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going way too fast past... His name is Seawall? Yeah, so William H. Merritt and his son, <laughs> Seawall Merritt... You were going to just... Wait, wait, how is this spelled? Or Sewall. S-E-W-A-L-L. Oh. Sewell? 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 I feel like to think since he's a captain, he named him Seawall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, ah, this is me son Seawall and me daughter Anchor. <laughs> Seawall was his first mate, and he had 10-man crew made up entirely of Scandinavians. Well, I don't know why <laughs> it, it says that. On August, 9, uh, on August 26, 1920, 
The Deering cleared the Virginia Cape bound for Rio, but Captain Merritt soon fell seriously ill, so our boy William H. Merritt's not feeling great. Uh-oh. Seawall, prepare yourself. The Deering turned back and put in the port of Luz, Delaware, to drop off Merritt and his son. So Seawall and Merritt are like, see you later, guys. We're not on the boat anymore. Mm. So it's actually really mm. not a name you need to remember. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> yeah, okay, so we've just lost two characters that we yes. had the only context for. But there is an importance to that because he's like really popular and a war hero and he leaves but instead the deering company recruited captain willis b warmill Ooh, that dude's that's a cool name he's a retired 66 year old sea captain which is pretty fucking old for 1919 to still be working i was gonna say yeah that dude to still be alive even like the retiring age is 65 and he's still just like let's do it uh so he replaced william h Merritt on the voyage to brazil jars b Charles B. McClellan was hired. On- <laughs> Jars B. <laughs> Yar! Charles B. McClellan was hired on as first mate. Okay, I like him. So we got William H. Macy and Seawall gone for two more, way more lame dudes: William B. Warmill <laughs> and Charles McClellan. Okay, so new people. Fuck those first two guys. We didn't need them. So we're like, fuck this. We're leaving Delaware. The Deering with Warmill in command set sail for Rio de Janeiro to ship off those beads, baby. baby. On September 8th, 1920. I don't know if you're joking, by the way. <laughs> the I have Mardi to assume no, you're no, joking about the Mardi Gras beads. <laughs> okay. It's definitely just cold, but that'd be amazing. It's just the straight the straight face of it. I can't tell. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. Fuck it. Continue. Arriving there, You're dumb. Del- <laughs> <laughs> Arriving there and delivering its cargo without incident. So they're like, oh, we made it to Rio. No big deal. Beads yep. are delivered. Orbell <laughs> gave his crew leave and met with Captain Goodwin, an old friend who captained another cargo vessel that was docked in Rio. This feels like a D&D campaign you wrote. It is. All these names sound like this fantasy names. This is all fake. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like it? This is actually me I, pitching it. Well, yes, I'm not recording, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really good. I think it's got legs. <laughs> sea legs, even. Ooh. Right. Oh. Ooh, <laughs> watch me. Like, can we insert a foghorn noise right there? At the end of that? <laughs> Just a happy boat. <laughs> the boats in the audience are loving it. Dude, old sea captains that listen to this, which is probably like half of our demographic. Yeah, half is probably listeners. Old sea captains off the coast of Nova Scotia. Yep. They're loving That's, it. Yeah, actually, Spotify has an analytics specifically for that group. So we, I know 60% of our listeners. Yeah, we're data mining solely for that. <laughs> so Wormel's talking to his boy, and it's important because the boy ends up being like the telling the tale of this. That Uh-oh. makes sense later. Wormel spokes of the crew with disdain. He claims he trusts the engineer Herbert Bates, but he says the rest of them are lazy and like don't want to put in the work. Okay. The Deering left Rio on December 2nd, 1920 and stopped for supplies in Barbados. I love that word. Barbados is one of the slickest named countries. Like, it yeah. just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, they got a good one. United States of America. Like, that's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're like, Barbados. <laughs> yeah, how do you even pronounce it, dude? So while in Barbados, the first mate, remember McClellan, got drunk yeah. in town and it complained to Captain Hugh Norton of, the, of a different ship. So this is another first-hand account mm. that he could not discipline the crew without Wormel interfering. So he's like, that boss is always micromanaging me. Gotcha. Yeah. And then he said that he had to do all the navigation owing to Wormel's poor eyesight. So the 66-year-old can't see because it's 1919. <laughs> and so the first mate's like, I literally have to fucking do everything and he won't let me punish the crew. Yep. 
Okay. Okay. Good. Another captain, actually, while uh, McClellan was in Barbados, heard McClellan say, I'll get the captain before we get to Norfolk, I will. Ooh, some mutinies happening. We got. It definitely got seems like that. Whispers it, it of, sniffs of mutiny. It. Yeah, it's got that, that, that mutiny stink. Speaking of mutiny stink, my dog's barking up a storm right now. Uh-oh. I think she's about to have a mutiny. Make me eat out of a bowl. All right. That would be awesome. <laughs> McClellan was a rented... Uh, <laughs> was a rent-a-cop. McClellan was at the Barbados Mall as a rent-a-cop. No, <laughs> McClellan was arrested in a drunken state, but on January 9th, Warmel forgave him, bailed him out of jail, and set sail for Hampton Roads, baby. Hey. Hampton Roads, I don't know what that is. Let me see. A body of water that serves as a wide channel for James, Nansamon, and Elizabeth Rivers. The Chesapeake, oh, yeah, Chesapeake Bay. Could have just fucking said that. All right, yeah, that's, that makes a lot more sense. That was the last... Oh, wait, no, hold on. Oh, he blew Edit that it. out, edit that out, edit no. that out. Oh, foghorn noise. <laughs> the, the ship was next sighted by the Cape Lookout Lightship off North Carolina on January 28th, 1921, but in a peculiar way. Mm. So the Cape Lookout Lightship saw the Deering. The Lightship's keeper, Captain. so a Lightship's like a lighthouse, but it's a boat that's just supposed to be there and make sure people don't, you know, run to rocks. Yep. So Captain Jacobson, who ran the lightship, reported that a tall, thin man with reddish hair and a foreign accent speaking through a megaphone told him that the vessel had <laughs> lost its anchors in a storm off Cape Fear Ooh. and asked that the ship's owner, the G.G. Deering Company, be notified. Strange part about this is, according to people who saw them in Barbados or Rio, say that there was no one with red hair on mm. the boat at the time. Ooh, okay. Jacobson took note of this, but his radio was out, so he's unable to report it to the Deering Company. He also noticed that the crew seemed to be milling around and acting strange on the quarterdeck of the ship, an area where they weren't even usually allowed to be. Ghost ship? The following afternoon, the crew of another vessel transiting the area spotted the Deering, sailing a course that would take it directly into the Diamond Shoals, an area where many boats ended up meeting their end. They, however, saw no one on the ship's deck. It didn't attempt to hail the schooner, assuming her crew would spot the Cape Hatteras lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that was not the case. On January 31st, 1921, the Deering was sighted at dawn by C.P. Brady, who was the lookout duty for the Coast Guard station. The vessel had wrecked on the shoals. No one was on board. Oh, interesting. Her steering equipment was found to be damaged, with the wheel shattered... The binnacle box stove in and the rudder disengaged from its stock. Now it's boat terms. I don't know. Oh, I was going to say, that is a little above my pay grade. All the ship's logs and navigation equipment were gone, along with any of the crew's personal effects and the lifeboats. It appeared that certain foodstuffs were being prepared for the next day's meal at the time of the abandonment. The Coast Guard cutter Manning attempted to salvage the deering, but it was impossible. Dead boat, no people. Dead boat, Absolutely no one has ever heard from again that was on the boat. Whoa, okay. So And also, we have the mystery of this thin, red-haired man. Now, the U.S. government law would launch an extensive investigation into the disappearance of the crew of the Deering. In fact, five different departments of the government, the Department of Commerce, the Department of Treasury, the Justice Department, the Navy, and the Department of State would all launch their own investigations. This is the government exodia, dude. It literally is. 
a guy by the name of Herbert Hoover, who was at the time the Secretary of Commerce, you know him as President Herbert Hoover, was intrigued by the fact that several other vessels of various nationalities, most notably the sulfur freighter Hewitt, had also disappeared in roughly the same area. Okay. So. So we got a place where a bunch of spooky stuff's happening. We do. And we have five different groups, all with their own theories. Shiver me timbers, brother. So we got this here (laughs) speculation. Through the years, numerous theories about what happened to the Deering have put forward. Listener, what do you think happened? Write in now. Call now. (laughs) And if you think it was A, they got taken by ghosts, B, Somali pirates, or C, unknown, enter into your phones. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Put a brick on on your gas pedal. (laughs) <laughs> we don't care if you're driving. <laughs> we don't give a shit. Yeah, set it up for later. We could probably be sued for that. Could we? I don't know. Don't do it if you're driving, just in case. That's called covering the old rear, Dars. Yeah, hey, baby. And we're already paying the Slingdinger's lawyers a ton for this fucking Darius case that yeah, we can't afford to fucking another one. Anyway, through the years, numerous theories have been put forward. The U.S. government, the Weather Bureau in particular, strongly advocated that a series of hurricanes that were raging at the Atlantic at the time were to blame. There's a Weather Bureau? I think that's like the old, I think it's NOAA now. Like the WBI, the Weather Bureau of Investigation. (laughs) It's just a bunch of guys, like special agents shooting their guns at hurricanes. Just walking up to tornadoes and showing them his badge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, this is my crime scene, and they get flung into, like, space. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to put, a, like, a tornado in the back of a car with, like, <laughs> handcuffs on it. Yeah, they're like, get on your knees. However, the Deering was heading away from the path of those hurricanes, so it's like, was it a hurricane? Probably not. Evidence Probably suggests that the crew ghost. evacuated in an orderly rather than panicked fashion. Okay. Another theory was that the group of pirates were responsible for the various disappearances. I was going to say, this sounds piratey to me. So Captain Wormel, the super old dude, his widow was like, they was definitely pirates. 100% was yeah. pirates. But there was no evidence for this, and no suspected pirates were ever arrested. Okay, but what like what kind of evidence do they qualify as pirate evidence? You know, so like when they get to the boat, there's, yeah, <laughs> there's parrots everywhere, <laughs> eye patches. <laughs> A bunch of just leftover peg legs just stuck on the boat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a plank installed. Mm, yeah, yeah, they have a portable installable plank. Yeah, you just nail it in, baby. Hey. All right, that makes sense. Another theory. So around the time of the Deering, like when it was found, police had raided headquarters of the United Russian Workers Party, a communist front group in New York City. And found the <gasps> papers that told members of the organization to seize American ships and sail them all to Russia. Oh. Because apparently Russia just wants what? all the ships, baby. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. It doesn't explain exactly why they wanted to do it. They're like, yo, you know, be a sick prank, dude. <laughs> we just you know wrote what the them all here. Communists in a frozen country need our <laughs> ships. We need ships. So those papers were actually circumstantially linked to several shipboard strikes. So like that that kind of has legs compared to the other theories because there were See, other ships like, that were okay. like <laughs> play that ball <laughs> so another theory there's so many theories speculates that a group of liquor smugglers because this is back in prohibition all right who the fuck is coming up with these theories they're like yo dude liquor lots smugglers. of different like they call them like like what is it it's like mariner historians i forget it's some ridiculous 
least specific group of like authors and historians that are only like with maritime stuff. Ah, that I I want to become one of them. Let's do it. Let's yeah. Let's just hey, we're changing the podcast, everybody. It's we're now welcome to Maritime Law with Andre and Hughes. (laughs) Wait, am I Hughes? It depends. (laughs) (laughs) What do you got to bring to the table? I call Hughes. (laughs) Fuck. God damn it. All right, Andre here. (laughs) And I'm Hughes. Another theory speculates that a group of liquor smugglers based in the Bahamas stole the ship to use as rum running so they could bring it up to like Mm. Boston and New York and be like, hey, we're the Peaky Blinders. (laughs) Yep. That sounds like people from the, you say Bahamas? Where'd you say? Yeah, Bermuda, Bahama. Or Bermuda. Yeah. Oh, come on, Pretty Mama. So the Pretty Mamas, Largo, Montego. So a lot of people thought Pretty Mamas were running rum up to the Americas. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Author yep. Richard Weiner, who's one of these maritime <laughs> jabokes, started stated in his 2000 book Ghost Ships that the hold of the Deering was large enough to carry a million dollars worth of liquor. Damn. Even if this is true, it seems unlikely that smugglers would choose to hijack a ship that was conspicuous, easily identifiable, and comparatively slow. Did you see the movie from the early 2000s called Ghost Ship? I did not. Is it good? Um, it's eh, the first five minutes are good. It's one of my wife's like biggest nightmares. Is she saw it when she was like like <laughs> eight Ghost years ships? old. And uh, in the intro scene, there's a bunch of people dancing on the deck, and then a wire snaps, and everyone gets decapitated except for this little girl who is dancing like with this guy, and she just looks up, and like everyone's head falls off. That's pretty horrible. And then the movie gets really bad, <laughs> but that's uh. So that's everyone on that ship was roughly the same height. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty that's much. Incredible. I didn't think about that at the time, but yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Anyway, people who've seen Ghost Ship are going to be like, "Hey, I understand this." And mm, never <laughs> Rat else, Knife, uh, if you if Rat Knife does hey, Rat, hey, on Rat Ghost Knife, <laughs> I got your backs, guys. Let me be the special guest. I got it. <laughs> Another theory is most like I think. Well. <laughs> I don't know if it's the most likely one. It's tough because, but the ship fell victim to mutiny. While in Rio de Janeiro, obviously, Warmel was talking shit about his first mate and his crew. And then his crew, uh, his first mate was talking shit about him. Yeah, I was going to say, we have the evidence to assume it was mutiny based off of what you have told us thus far. And then, so Captain Jacobson from the lighthouse, you know, who was like, dude, the guy I talked to was definitely not an officer and it definitely wasn't Captain Wormel and he definitely wasn't even on the ship when they left. That mm-hmm. also kind of lends it to pirates too, that a, another dude was on there. It does seem like they were taken off of the boat in a orderly fashion, probably with the threat of death. That's why, what it sounds but like, like mutiny, wouldn't someone have stayed with the boat? Like, would they, why would they all be gone? That's why I'm thinking pirates. Pirates... There's no evidence. They didn't even find any. I know there was no. (laughs) I know, but it just that's that's my gut right now, dude. You know. But yeah, nothing has ever been proved with the mutiny because none of the crew was ever seen again. That's yeah. It's tough to (laughs) tough to get a good conclusion when no one's there. But it's a ghost ship, so let's get to the good stuff. Oh shit! We actually get to a ghost ship part. Charles Fort was the first to mention the Deering in a mysterious context and was the first author among many to put forth paranormal theories. Hey, this guy sounds like a dude who smokes weed. <laughs> I love it. Amen, brother. So guess where the ship had to go through to get to its final resting spot? That young triangle baby. Fuck horn, fuck horn, fuck horn. I knew it. 
The Bermuda Triangle, baby. It's responsible for the incident. Or I think it's responsible for the incident. Why not? Let's just believe it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'm in. I'm 100% in. Everything else is stupid. If you thought it was pirates, you're an idiot. Listen to this. So here's what I'm thinking. So you know how when he the, the, the lighthouse sees the crew, they're all like weird. They're all like milling about and like acting super strange before they all completely disappear? Yeah. What if something happened to them? What, what do you mean, Sky? What if the Bermuda Triangle changed them? <gasps> Ooh, I like that. Do you think we need to explain what the Bermuda Triangle is? Uh, I don't think so. You think the folks at home know? I think everyone knows what the Bermuda Triangle is. If you don't, it's a triangular-ish thing of water where spooky shit happens. There you go. So I think the crew got whacked by some kind of supernatural business in Bermuda Triangle, and then they all disappeared because it's a ghost ship. I love it. I'm in. <laughs> Cthulhu was like, like slurping down. Wait, isn't Cthulhu, Cthulhu in the Pacific though? Nah, that's his. That's his brother. Nah, that's his brother. <laughs> nah, bro, that's Ke- that's Carl. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cthulhu and Carl, constantly mixed up. To this day, no trace of the crew, the ship's log, or any of the items that were missing when it was found have ever been recovered. And there's no official explanation by the U.S. government as to what happened. So a lot of people think mutiny. A lot of people think bad weather. But I think the bad weather is lame. Bad weather is definitely lame. And the Bermuda Triangle supernatural spooky version is definitely the coolest one. So I'm in. I think the crazy thing is that they were not found. Like no one was found. Where were they? And they were pretty close to Shoals. So <laughs> Where to land. were they? Where am I? You know what? Where were they with scones and darts? They're not here. I know that. There's also like other hypothetical explanation attempts, but they're way lamer. One's compass variations. <laughs> compass problems are one of the cited phrases in many Bermuda Triangle incidents. Oh, wait. The compass was messed up by the Bermuda Triangle. Now I'm back in. <laughs> oh, I'm in. Okay. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. Uh, another one is the Gulf Stream fucked him up. That's lame. Another one, mm. just human error. That's the stupidest listed thing I would ever. love if theories were just based on how fucking cool they'd be. And that's how the credence of the theory. Like, that's a much better way to look at theories. I think we've stumbled onto something here. Yeah, don't let... What did, what's his name say? The guy who wrote Tom Sawyer? Never let facts get in the way of a good story. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Which is a horrible statement given today's modern era. Yep. And that's the story of the Carol Deering. Okay. Hey, Carol. <laughs> watch out. Pirates. All right. <laughs> okay. Watch out for the pirates. Triangle. Whoa. And then I said, that's no ghost ship. That's my wife. <laughs> Talk about a Carol mutiny. Deering. You know what? I like the Bermuda tri- Triangle uh, angle. I like the idea that red-haired ghost boy showed up and was like, hey, check this shit out. Yeah, he's he's like the only piece of evidence I feel like there is. <laughs> it's just that one red-headed dude was like, hey. Well, he, you said he had a megaphone too, so that. <laughs> yeah, he had a megaphone and he called, he asked him to call the the company that owned the boat. What ghost has a mega, who needs a megaphone, you know? And what ghost is like, hey, I'm trying to responsibly deal with this ship. (laughs) Hey, guys, can you contact your local ASPCA? There were some animals on board, and I want to make sure they get a good home. And that's the story of the Carol Deering.
If you liked today's episode, let us know. If you hated today's episode, keep it to yourself. Keep it yourself, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Subscribe. Resubscribe. Check out Monday Morning Macabre on Twitter at MMMacabrePod. Check <laughs> us out on Instagram at Monday Morning Macabre. Check out our website, MondayMorningMacabre.com. Tell a friend. Rate the show. Rate a friend. Tell us about it on the show. And uh, have a good Monday. Have a good Monday. Play that foghorn noise, baby.